When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Thank you for downloading and listening to Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. Just before we begin this episode, we just want to take a quick moment to give our shout outs to our official sponsor of the podcast, Steroplast Healthcare Limited. Now, Steroplast Healthcare Limited provide lots of products to the seven sectors across the UK uh, and expanding to the world. One of the products in particular that I want to talk about is the Sterotape ZO Zinc Oxide Tape. Now this is the official tape of light heavyweight Charlie Schofield. Charlie's quoted as saying that the Sterotape is by far the best tape he's ever used. The protection it offers whilst he's training allows him to train at the highest level with no hand injuries. And in the sport of boxing, it's very key to protect your hands. So get yourself over to steroplast.co.uk. Welcome to Beyond the Ropes, a boxing podcast brought to you by Easley Boxing Repeat. The place for the Northwest and boxing news, news, reviews, and interviews. Here's your host, Sean Basso. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's episode number 19 of Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. My name's Sean Basto, and today I've got a new co-host joining the show. Uh, I'd like to welcome Cahill Jennings uh, all the way over from the across the North Sea in Ireland. Uh, Cahill, how's it going? Thank you for coming on and introduce yourself and a little bit of your background. No problem. Thanks for having me on, Sean. Yeah, my background is what I got into boxing. I always watched boxing. Um, and then when I went to college, I did journalism and I taught... Something I wanted to do was sports journalism, and boxing was the one I wanted to focus in on. So um, I got in touch with a few fighters, and um, luckily enough, um, I think Lucas Brown was my first one, and um, I put him up my own blog, and then I got, that was kind of that was me hooked. So I kind of wanted to get involved more with um, certain messaging fighters and um, doing more interviews. I've interviewed the likes of Shane Mosley, Steve Collins, Michael Conlon, and um, many more. Gary Spike O'Sullivan. Um, Interviewed a lot of fighters and wrote for certain sites like BoxingNewsAndViews.com, Boxing News 24, KO London, um, and I'm going to be writing for your site, Sean, as well. So, um, yeah, no, boxing has been the thing that, uh, that I write most about, and 
been uh, been lucky enough to interview some some world champions and uh, really good fighters. And um, yeah, really really happy to be on the podcast. You know what? It's, uh, I never knew you'd interviewed a few uh, a few of them particular fighters, and it's uh, it's really good to hear. You know, you've had that great experience with being able to get in touch with people like Steve Collins, Lucas Brown. Um, obviously, you've done. I know you've recently done some ones with Dave Allen. You've done one with Tyson Fury, haven't you? As well in the past. I haven't done Tyson Fury. I've done Ben Davison, ben- his um, his new trainer. I recently interviewed him, and I got a really uh, insightful interview out of, out of Ben, someone who uh, is very passionate about boxing. And uh, even just speaking with him, he um, he's he's a he's a wealth of knowledge, um, and you can tell that I think Tyson's in really good hands with Ben. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can talk a little bit about Tyson later on in the podcast, actually, when we uh, uh, we discuss some of the the upcoming fights in the future. Um, but no, it's great to have you on. It's great to have uh, a co-host on the show and somebody to give a great insight into uh, to boxing and and obviously what's been going on uh, recently. We've got a, a great lineup today in terms of what's been going on in this past week. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Usyk Breedis fight at the weekend, uh, the Jorge Linares Gesta fight. Um, we'll touch a little bit on the Matisse fight, uh, and then we'll move on to what's been going on this week we've had Watergate uh, with Amir Khan and, and Phil LaGreco uh, and then we've had obviously the announcement and the official press conference for Lee Selby and Josh Warrington which has happened today uh, and then we'll look forward to the big bill at the O2 on Saturday uh, which features Olympians Lawrence Akole and Isaac Chamberlain uh, heading off uh, in British beef uh, so let's get right to it and go to the weekend that's just gone uh, and the World Boxing Super Series um, just before we talk about the fight what do you think about the World Boxing Super Series, the, the whole setup of it, and the way it's gone so far? Yeah, I think it's been good for boxing. Um, we're seeing fights, we're seeing the best fight the best. I know a few fighters have kind of abstained from, it, but we're getting the fights. You, I don't think you would have seen Bradis against Usk if if maybe the World Super Series wasn't taking part. And I think certain divisions need it, especially the cruiserweight division. Um, you look at that division, not a whole lot of stars in it. Maybe Tony Bellew, if he had hung around, could have brought a, a, a bit more light to it. But you look at it now, and it's done wonders for it. The fight at the weekend is going to go down probably as, as maybe one of the fights of the year. So um, I think it's a, I think they've done it really well, and I think um, there's a lot more divisions that could, uh, could benefit. I think this kind of thing could be the future boxing, because you're seeing the big fights. You're seeing the best fight the best, and that's what we saw at the weekend. We saw a brilliant fight, and... I think we got the deserved winner, but he. I think this kind of thing, the Southern brothers, what they're doing is kind of, um, is, I think, can be the future of boxing. I think a lot of people are sick of the politics in boxing, and I think um, if you tune into the World Super Series, you're you're, you're gonna see you're gonna see the best fight the best, and that's what we want to see as as fans. If, if you love boxing, you want to see the best fight the best. Absolutely, uh, and that's that seems to be what's happening. And obviously, we've got the Groves and Eubank Junior fight again, which we can touch on later on in the podcast. Uh, but again, you wouldn't have seen that fight essentially outside of the World Boxing Super Series because you probably would have seen a more likely steer towards Groves and DeGale fighting. Uh, should DeGale have not lost the the, the IBF recently? Uh, but let's talk about the Usyk fight with Bradis over the weekend. Yes, it was a fantastic fight. I personally really enjoyed it. I wasn't sure what to expect out of it when the the matchup was made. Obviously, I looked at the records and I looked at the level of opposition that they both faced. Um, Marco Hook was obviously the biggest scalp on Usyk's record. Um, obviously, Bradis had a great, fantastic performance in his previous fight and you know they were both unbeaten both had great knockout records so it, it you know it was going to make for an entertaining fight and I actually thought that I would see a knockout and I, I was quite certain we would see a knockout and I was very surprised to see uh, it go the distance but 
I agree with what you said earlier. Uh, I think Usyk uh, did win the fight, and I think the 115-113 cards did justify the the, the result. Uh, but there was quite a lot of backlash on social media. Uh, after the fight, I was looking at Twitter, uh, various comments on Facebook, and uh, there was a bit of a mixed reaction. There was a lot of people thought that Brady's won the fight. Um, what would you make of that? I mean, would you think the, the pressure that he'd put on in the first half of the fight was enough to... To, to sort of get him the victory or do you think Usyk kind of for me he'd, he'd stolen a lot of the rounds towards the end of each round and I thought that's what won him the fight well Brady's looked well um, you know what you're going to get with him he's such a composed fighter um, one thing that do, did surprise about Usyk is he looks more complete um, maybe at times he can be a bit rough but I think what we got was maybe a cagey at times but it was it was what we were looking for. I think Usyk proved a lot of people. I think they were thinking he might be a one-trick pony, but um, I think Brady, I, I, my opinion was that, that Usyk won the fight. Um, I can understand, you can, but you can see where people might be kind of saying, uh, you can see it a different way. I think it's kind of what you like when it comes to, st- to like really close fights like that with really good fighters. I think it's what you like. And I think Usyk is something that I, I, I enjoy watching him and I think for me, he's my pick to win the whole thing. And um, Bradis will come again. He, it's elevated him. Maybe you see that fight if Usyk does stay at Cruiserweight, and you do see that fight again. That could be a trilogy. We see the fight again, maybe another time. And you, they both know each other well now. And it's a fight that if it could happen again, I think people are going to be clamouring for. I would like to see it again personally. Um, and I've, I've mentioned that on social media after the fight has happened, uh, and obviously Usyk's got the result, but. One of the things that a lot of people are talking about at the moment is the fact that after this tournament, win or lose, it's looking very much like Usyk could be moving up to the heavyweight division, which again did seem to get a bit of a mixed criticism uh, you know, on social media with the fact that a lot of people don't think he's ready for the move to heavyweight and he thinks that's quite possible that at upper heavyweight, he, there'd be a lot of people with the power to... To, to probably stop Usyk because obviously Brady's shown in that particular fight that he could be he could he could be hurt. Um, so if that was to happen, how do you think he'd fare up at heavyweight? Well, it depends who he goes in with. Um, there's heavy hitters up there at heavyweight, and it, 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 it's kind of disappointing that if a cruiserweight wins a world title or wins multiple world titles, it's not to to almost stay in the venom it, and it's to go up and make the money at heavyweight. Um, I think Tony Bellew said he'd be willing to fight Usyk, but I don't know. He can be hurt on a heavyweight. They hit a lot harder. Um, not much harder, but you, you'd want to pack a lunch if he's going up to heavyweight. Um, I don't think he's ready. I think he's maybe three, four fights away from that. Yeah. But I think the cruiserweight division and this competition is going to help him maybe learn a lot about himself. I'd say he's going to go back to the drawing board um, because the winner of Gassier... Gassiev and Dertikos is 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 going to be it's going to be a handful of form, but um, I, for me, I don't think he's ready for heavyweight at the moment. But I wouldn't be surprised after this competition if the belts were vacated and he was fighting heavyweight. He has the look, um, that kind of Eastern European scary looking guy that um, that people like. Um, I think I don't know how well he do a heavyweight, but. Um, You'd like to you'd like to see him stay a cruiserweight for another while and kind of find his feet, um, in terms of more fights and maybe become more honed fighter. 
and then uh, maybe making the step up to heavyweight after that. And maybe when there's more call for it, but at the moment, I think you should say where he is in in the cruiserweight division after this competition. It shouldn't be, I've won world titles, I'm going to go to heavyweight. It should yeah. be, I can stay here. He's going to make money, but he has plenty of time to do that. He's got the potential with with, with the cruiserweight division, really, to, to, to reignite it again. And obviously, this is what the World Boxing Super Series has done for the cruiserweight division, because other than... Like you mentioned before, obviously Tony Bellew really was the only other fighter of recent times that was bringing something to the division which got people a little bit excited. Um, and it's you know no disrespect to any of the other fighters in the division, they just weren't bringing anything the same type of appeal. And obviously with the fact with Tony Bellew starring in the uh, the Creed movie, obviously enhanced his reputation on a, on a more worldwide scale because of that. So it helped in that respect. But with him moving up and fighting David Hay, really there was a void there left to be filled and. and and Usek, you know, if he sticks around, could be that man. If he walks away and wins the World Boxing Super Series and the Ali Trophy, he could completely unify that division, uh, you know, make a few defences, and, and, and essentially then, then at that point for me, would be the best time for him to move up. Once he's proven he, he is the best cruiserweight out there, uh, there's nobody else essentially in the division for him to fight. And then, yeah, why not move up to heavyweight? You know, look at what the heavyweight division will bring. Uh, that could be three or four fights down the line. We could then see how much he's got to offer the heavyweight division because at this moment in time, I do feel that if he moves up, he's moving up too early. Um, he's going to put himself in a position where he could end up taking losses um, to, to, to lesser fighters. Um, if, if he's got any serious ambition with moving up to heavyweight, he, he needs to be looking at what the current heavyweight scene is at the moment, who's around, what fights are going on. Obviously, there's, there's, there's two names, three names that are on a lot of people's lips at the moment, uh, AJ Fury uh, and Deontay Wilder. And, you know, if he really wants to be hanging with the likes of these guys, he, he needs to be owning his craft a little bit more. Because you've got to remember, he's only had, was it 14 fights now? That's, that's not a lot, really, you know, for, for, for... I know, obviously, he's got the the background and the pedigree behind him, but it's not a lot in comparison to the guys that are already up in the heavyweight division. I, I think... I think he'll be rushed. I think when he wins... If he wins this, sorry... Um, I think they'll try and move him as quick as they can. I think he's very marketable, um, but he's only had 14 fights. And yeah, it, he, his his 15th fight could be winning the Ali Trophy and and add another world title to to his um, to his locker. But he's 31 now, and um, does he really want to be waiting around in the cruiserweight division if he can move up? If they do throw that money at him after this competition. Um, I, I think his 16th fight will be will be in the will be in the heavyweight division. Unfortunately, um, I don't think he's going to wait around to kind of see what's going to happen in the cruiserweight division. I think they're going to say, "Well, you've won the Ali Trophy, you've beaten some of the best cruiserweights in the world. Why not go move up to heavyweight now and um, and try your hand up there?" But um, for me, it would be too soon. But I don't think he's going to wait around. I, I genuinely think that the six, his 16th fight will be will be in the heavyweight division. Do you think it's possible that if that 16 fight comes around, there's a possibility that he could end up fighting Tony Bellew? Because we mentioned earlier that Tony Bellew has spoke about his desire to fight Usyk. And obviously he's got the rematch with Hay uh, on May the 5th uh, on the same night as another fantastic fight, which we'll talk about later. Um, if he comes through that rematch with David Hay and, and he's victorious, 
he's going to be looking at what's next for him and I think he's he's made it quite publicly well known that he doesn't really want to fight Anthony Joshua um, it, there's been spats between him and Tyson Fury but I don't think realistically that fight would come off but you just never know but a realistic fight which would come off would be Belly Renusik, which would be the former cruiserweight champion, uh, and he's also uh, a champion in weight, if we, we remember rightly, that he's been given that state, the Emirates status to be able to fight for the title should he decide to come back down to cruiserweight. I don't think we're going to see Tony Bellew fight a cruiserweight again. I think he's going to perhaps fight, he's definitely going to fight David Hay, but after that, I think... I think he might look at things. I don't think the Tony or the Tyson Fury fight is going to happen. I think he said the only reason he was interested in that fight is because he wanted the Ring Magazine um, heavyweight title. And if I'm correct, I think that could be taken off Tyson Fury um, the first of February. Yeah. So I don't know. But I, that that if he came through the Hay fight um, and Tyson Fury was willing to. I think that fight makes huge numbers. Um, it might be tough if Tyson Fury does sign with Frank Warren. Um, we've seen that um, Tyson Fury, what well, he wants to fight Joshua. But um, I can't see Bellew fighting Us- Usyk um, at Cruiserweight. I think he'd say, come up the heavyweight, try your hand. I think Tony Bellew has two fights at most probably left in him. I, I wouldn't be surprised if after the Hay fight, maybe late summer, he, he made an announcement that he's retired. But I'd love to see him face Tyson Fury. I think the Usyk fight... He doesn't really have a lot to gain out of that because if you beat Hay, it's either going to be... He could kind of say, I want to challenge for a world title. They could be all sewn up by Anthony Josh and Deontay Wilder. He's not going to go for them. It would make sense for him maybe to go for the Tyson Fury fight. Yeah. I just don't see it happening. I think there's too much there's too much in the way for that fight to happen. But Usyk is probably, is probably less likely because Tyson, Tony Bellew, at his age, he's saying that he kind of wants to retire. He said he wanted to retire after the after the, the the first hay fight, um, I think dropping down the cruiserweight now, I, I, I can't see it happen. But I can see Usyk maybe moving up, and there's no better person to to sell a fight than with Usyk than Eddie Hearn. I think he'd sell it. It's pay per view. He could build it. Tony Bellew against Usyk, which no not many people outside of boxing would have heard of Usyk, but you can build that kind of thing. Um, it, it for me, um, it would be a really good fight, but I don't see it happening. Uh, I think Bellew has his eyes set on David Hay and maybe Tyson Fury, but I wouldn't be surprised if Ty- if Tony Bellew only fought one more time. And if that was beating David Hay, I think he wants to challenge for the World Heavyweight title, but I don't think Parker's going to have that by the time by the time he's finished with um, finished with Hay. And I think if he did lose to Hay, I don't think he's want to is I don't think he wants to come back after that. So um, I, I think Tony Bellew's um, I think his uh, his run near the end, the cruiserweight division is probably done. If Usyk was willing to to move up, maybe then. But um, I, I still don't think I still don't I, I just don't see it happen. Well, you probably could be right in that. I mean, you you think back to to Bellew's last fight with Hay, uh, and obviously the victory, and and he was talking a lot about retirement then, and then. A few weeks later, he sort of came out and said, well, we'll think about it. And then the next thing we know, the the rematch has been made. Obviously, hey, hey had the injury. It's been postponed. We're back on for the 5th of May. Um, it's more than likely that if we win or, win or lose this fight, we probably won't see 
Tony Bellew in the ring again. And to be honest with you, I'd be I'd be happy with that. I'd, and he'd probably be happy retiring a rich man um, at the age of 34, going on 35, and, and he'll have done everything he'll have wanted to have done in boxing. Uh, so I don't blame him for that. But in terms of Usyk, we'll have to wait and see now. Uh, obviously, we're just assuming that he gets through the World Boxing Super Series f- final. Um, we don't know whether Gassiev or Dor- Dorositas is going to give him any any potential trouble in the final. We just don't know. But I'd expect Usyk to come through it, uh, and, and I think he will win. And I think that's when he will become even more marketable than what he is at the moment, and that's when we're going to see where he will take his career. Um, but, yeah, moving on from, obviously, that particular fight, we've talked about the Usyk fight and Breedy's fight at the weekend. There was a couple of other fights on which we'll talk about. Uh, Jorge Linares back in the ring uh, since his fight with Luke Campbell, and he was facing off, uh, I can't remember the, uh, the gentleman's first name, but the surname was Gester, you might remember it. Um, what did, you, did you get a chance to watch that performance at all? Caught the highlights, and um, he 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 did what he needed to do. Um, he he dominated from the first bell. Kind of found it tricky at the start, um, but once he found his feet, I think he was kind of. Uh, I think he might have been a few levels above, um, but that's what you expect from Linares, um, complete fighter. Um, I think people have a different opinion of him because he struggled against Kevin Mitchell, but Linares is the real deal. Um, I think he wants to face now. Mikey Garcia or Lomachenko. Um, not too sure if he comes through either of them. But um, no, the other night he, he, he looked really good. Um, his opponent wasn't up to much, but he he dominated. Um, and he and he looked really good doing it. Uh, I think the the next his next fight will will be huge, and it'd be interesting to see who it actually comes out. If it's Mikey Garcia, that's a massive fight. If it's Lomachenko, another huge fight. Um, I think his next fight is gonna is, is gonna be massive. Um, he was against um, Mercedo Gesta, yeah. and uh, he he was a southpaw, awkward. But um, and he, as I said, he did struggle with him at the start of the fight. But once he figured him out, it was it was it was a uh, it was uh, it was, uh, was one way traffic for Linares, which you'd almost expect. But um, it, it really excited to see what he, what he, what he's doing next. Um, he has the the WBA and the Ring magazine. So um, I think the Mike Garcia fight could happen. Um, be surprised with Lomachenko, but not that, not saying that's not a fight I want to see. Two fights I'd love to see. Absolutely. Um, obviously, Matito Gesta, that we look at his record, and he actually only had one loss uh, out of uh, 30, 34 fights before this particular one. So essentially, his record did look uh, and do him a little bit of justice. But in the fight... There was a case of levels, and once Linares hit that level that we've seen from him before, uh, he took over the fight. Like you said, completely, it was one-way traffic, and he, he sort of cruised to victory. And now, for me, I would love to see him in against Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia and Jorge Linares is the fight in that division that needs to be made. And you you got to remember now, Jorge Linares is uh, no spring chicken anymore. He's 32, so he's, he will be 33 this year. So the Mikey Garcia fight has to happen this year, really, for me, um, before he gets the, you know, we don't want to see 
a fight between these two, say, next year, because I think, essentially, at this age, there's a potential that Linares is going to start to sort of slow down uh, in his career, and we might not see the best out of him, although we've seen the best out of him so far, uh, and we've we've seen some fantastic performances for him in, in the last two years, but uh, I just feel that the Mikey Garcia fight has to happen, and as fans, we'll be robbed if it doesn't happen, because it is a fight which... I think all the styles will gel very, very well, and I think we'd see a really exciting fight. Uh, and I think it'd be potential for fight of the year. Uh, I don't know what you think about about that statement, but I just think it has fight of the year wrote all over it. We've they've teased it a number of times. Um, I think Garcia. I wouldn't like to see it happen next year. We need to remember, as you said, Linares is thirty-two, getting on, and he's had well over forty fights. Um, Garcia coming up like shit hot at the moment, um, but I, I think a fight that for true boxing fans, this is the, this is one of them that you'd love to see. I think that was the same when it came to Lamachenko and Rigondo. One of those fights that outside of boxing wouldn't be huge, but if you, if you know boxing, this is something that uh, that you think you need to see. Um, could be fight of the year, but also could be if it was maybe next year, two thousand nineteen, the end of this year. You could see Linares age overnight. I hope not, um, but I think Mikey Garcia is is up there in is in my top five as as the best in the world. Um, but I think I'd like to see it, um, but I think it needs to be maybe this summer. Um, you don't know if Linares came out with any injuries or stuff like that, and um, how much he'll be willing to get in. But um, I think if he beat Mikey Garcia, walk away. You've done it. You've yeah. clocked the game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. I mean, Mikey Garcia, you look at his record, he's got 37 victories, 30 knockouts out of them, 37. So he, he can put the fighters away, we know that for sure. Uh, and if you look around and you look at sort of, you know, uh, a lot of top 10 pound for pounds, he, he's in there and he, he, he's... He's floating around uh, the top five because of, of how well he's done uh, through his career and his return. And, you know, he, in his last fight, obviously, he beat uh, Adrian Adrian Broner. Um, he's got his next fight scheduled for the 10th of March. Um, so we're going to then get to see his performance. Um, he's fighting uh, Sergei Lipinets, who's uh, uh, also an undefeated fighter, but... He looks to be a bit of a novice pro, and I've not seen. I actually haven't seen anything of him as such. But from what I can see from his record, he, he looks like a bit of a novice pro, and I, I expect Mikey Garcia to, to 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 walk away with his victory and, and set up that Linares fight for sort of the late summer this year. Um, but no, as you as you've said, really, you've hit the nail on the head with Garcia. I think he is probably one uh, of a lot of people's top fives at the moment in in world boxing, and I think he, you know the win or lose this fight I think it it'd be more damaging for Linares to lose this fight than it would be I think for Garcia because I do feel Garcia's got youth on his side uh, a little bit more he's only 30 so he has got a couple of years I would say left in him you know should he stay injury free and there's a good opportunity really if, if Garcia was to lose this fight that he could come back and he could fight someone like Lomachenko so I would say a loss is more damaging to Linares' career than I would to Garcia's, um, and I, I just, I just, I'd love the fight to happen. As, as a fan, I would love that fight to happen because I think it'd be a very exciting fight. 
I wouldn't like Linares to become a gatekeeper. I wouldn't like him to kind of be the measuring stick that if you beat him, yeah, you're you're good. Um, but Mikey Garcia, he he beat the brakes off Adrian Broner and Latican and the knockout was was unreal. Um, I think Mike Garcia could be could be up with one of them as a, like Golovkin when he he just kept winning, kept winning, kept winning. You, you look at these kind of fighters that you kind of go, I can't see anybody beating them. Golovkin's one of them. But Linares, I'd hate to see him become a gatekeeper, that kind of, he's your measuring stick. But I just feel like if the Garcia fight came off, he lost, but it wasn't one-sided, he wasn't badly knocked out. He could come again, maybe against Lomachenko, but um, I'd like to see that fight happen. I just wouldn't like to see it. You'd like to see it go 12 rounds, both yeah. do really well. But um, I, 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 I don't see it. I don't see it lasting. And um, if the Lamachenko that turns up against Kevin Mitchell, I think it, it, it could be, it could be really bad for him. But if he arrives in any kind of style, he's, he's a world class elite fighter. Um, but I just think if it did happen, um, I think Garcia, Garcia would, uh, would walk away. I just couldn't see how he'd lose the fight. Well, let's see what happens. I'm really looking forward to seeing if that does come off um, over the summer. But uh, moving on to another fighter that picked up the victory over the weekend uh, and uh, from from all accounts a controversial victory as well uh, it was Lucas Cisse uh, back in uh, again and he was facing uh, Tewa Kuram uh, who was also an undefeated fighter in 38 fights and he picked up the victory I think it was the 8th round knockout um, but you, you, I didn't manage to catch any of the highlights but you did, uh, so talk us through the, what you did see uh, and, and what was controversial about that particular ending well, the ending of the fight, if you watch the knockout in slow-mo, it, 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 looks a bit, um, it looks a bit dubious, let's just say that. But um, no, Matisse, um, he looked out of his, uh, his um, 35 years and became world champion. Um, good performance um, from Kiram, but his, his record is, is heavily padded and hasn't been in with much. Um, kind of one of those fights that go under the radar. If you're a big Matisse fan, you'd know yeah. it's you'd know what's going on. But Matisse is another one of them that maybe had his day at the top level, but he has a world title now. Who's to say he can't fight? Um, someone in the top ten, maybe Vargas, Peterson, Horn, that kind of thing. But um, was behind on the scorecards before the stoppage in the eighth. Um, didn't look his, his his usual self. I remember when I first seen Matisse come onto the scene. Um, he hit like a fucking truck that kind of thing um, that kind of is, but I, we didn't see that I think his power maybe has has um, has dwindled a little, little bit and his love for the game may be the same but um, perhaps maybe one or two big fights left in him um, well you know what I think with him having this WBA uh, welterweight title now one person that I think could be a possibility um, is Manny Pacquiao now, I know you might think to yourself, well, hang on a minute, Manny Pacquiao, he's talking about fight, potentially fighting Lomachenko. That's a fight I wouldn't want to see happen. But between Matisse and Pacquiao, I would want to see that fight happen. Uh, Pacquiao stated that he's got a little bit of time off his political career in the Philippines, uh, enough time to be able to train and prepare for another fight. And I think a fight with, with Matisse, who holds a world title, 
could be a good option, and I would like to, I would like to see it. Although a lot of people, again on social media, are saying you know Pacquiao's done, he's finished, he's washed up, whatever. But I, I would watch it. I would like to see that. I don't know what you make of that one, uh, a Matisse Pacquiao fight. Well, I think any fight with Manny Pacquiao, and you're going to watch. Uh, I think the fight with Horn did absolutely nothing for him. The title was there. He had to go to Australia. No, no, it didn't really make sense. Yeah, and um, I remember watching it, even the press conference. He he wasn't with it. Usually, a very kind of amiable person. He just what he he just kind of seemed. Oh, I couldn't be dealing with this. Um, I wouldn't. I don't think the Batiste fight does anything for anyone. Uh, I think a lot of what Pacquiao would do, like when you see the Conor McGregor thing, that kind of gets you to the point where you know where Pacquiao's going to go on. Yeah, I could make a few quid out of this. Um, I just. His next, his next fight could be his last. You'd like to be. Oh, I'd love to see the Can fight. Yeah. And um, if Can can come through his, but I wouldn't like to see Pacquiao against the likes of Horn or Matisse. Aaron. I'd love for him to go out in a big fight. Maybe at the maybe maybe Can would be that fight. And um, I don't think he beats Spence. I don't think he beats Thurman. I don't think anyone cares about the 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 Horn rematch. I think the way that one went. I think a lot of people are kind of like, does he really care anymore? Um, <laughs> true, true warrior. But um, hopefully he's not one of them that hangs around too long. I'd like to see him maybe have one or two more big fights and then kind of um, kind of do what uh, Floyd Mayweather did. Goes away, has his money, lives his life. Well, Mayweather doesn't really do that. But <laughs> yeah. He doesn't need to be in these fights with Matisse. He doesn't need to be in fights where the opponent's not really known. Like he, He's pay-per-view. He, he's pay-per-view no oh, matter absolutely. what. No yeah. one wanted to see the horn fight. I did, one fight I would like to see as a kind of British boxing fan would be the Bradley Ski fight. Don't think it will happen. I don't think it generates enough money for it to happen. But uh, the Can fight, if if Pacquiao is the fight again, I don't want to see him fight Matisse. I'd love to see him fight Can. Don't know if that will happen. Um, but he could walk out quite happy, I think. And he'd make a lot of money for the Can fight. I think that's one that um, I'd say Eddie Hearn probably has in the back of his mind when he signed Can. He probably thought the Calbrook fight doesn't happen because he signed both of them. He kind of goes, maybe if I get Pacquiao over here, big stadium fight, packed undercard, he's going to make a lot of money. And that's the kind of thing you want to see for great fighters. You don't want to see them come out on like a kind of losing to Jeff Horn. That's no disrespect to Jeff Horn, none whatsoever, but he shouldn't ever be in, in with Pacquiao. Earned, his, earned, earned the shot, but um, Pacquiao will go down as one of the best ever. I, I, I want to see him go out, go out on top. I think Matisse could have... Could have one big last performance in him, but I, I, I don't see it myself. I think he's one of them that he's thirty five now, not getting any younger. And um, doesn't I don't know if he has the kind of appeal that people really want to be watching him that much anymore. And um, fight, fighters with a padded record. But as you said, he does have a he does have a world title now and that does count for a lot. So um it will be interesting to see what happens with him next. But if he performs like he did the other night in his next fight against maybe well, it will have to be better opposition. I, I, I don't think you'll be seeing him um, with Hisei for too much longer if he, if he performs like that. Yeah, well, it's quite possible, obviously, up at the Wellaway division. Like you said, you've got Spence, you've got Thurman, you've still got Sean Porter knocking around. Uh, obviously, you've got Khan. Um, but I think, for me, a Khan-Pacquiao fight would would make business sense. It would. Uh, he's one that Khan's expressed desire to to want to have for years, along with chasing that Mayweather fight that which he's done. He has also chase the Pacquiao fight and he's also there's also been a bit of rivalry there there's been a lot of rumours in the past when they used to share the wildcard gym together under Freddie Roach uh, and I think I think it would make I, th- I think when 
Eddie Hearn signed Amir Khan, he was obviously thinking two or three steps or two or three fights ahead. And I think the pound signs, you can see him in Eddie Hearn's eyes when he signs these fighters that he's thinking two or three fights in the future and he, he knows where he's going to take it and I think with Khan he's coming back he's having he's, he's, we'll talk about in a minute his warm up fight so to speak a fight against Pacquiao makes absolute sense uh, it's it's a chance for Amir Khan to beat someone who's going to go down as a legend uh, in boxing for sure uh, someone uh, who will bring, you know, a fantastic fan base. Uh, someone who who sells tickets. Someone who is pay per view, like you said, and it's a good scalp on Amir Khan's record. Should he beat Pacquiao? And again, we're only assuming should he beat him. Uh, there's a chance Pacquiao could beat Khan. He still has something left in the tank. We we could see that. But yeah, business sense. It definitely it definitely be a fight I'd like to see in the division. Uh, and if Khan could then potentially overcome that, then we could be looking at maybe the Brook fight. Then we could maybe be looking at uh, a Furman fight or, or a Spence fight. I'd like to see the Pacquiao fight with Khan. I definitely would like to see that. That would be. Um, I think that would get a lot of fans excited, uh, especially the wider audience, the, the casual audience um, who, who who don't follow boxing as much as, say, the big names. If they hear the name American, they know who he is. They hear the name Manny Pacquiao, they know who he is. So it's a fight that they'll tune in to see. You know, either they're going to want to see Pacquiao completely obliterate Khan or they're going to want to see American put... Um, uh, Manny Pacquiao to bed and finish his career um, much like he did with uh, Marco Antonio Barrera a few years back obviously Barrera was massively over the hill at that point when he fought him but again it was a good name to have on Khan's record so so would Manny Pacquiao I think I'd, I'd be surprised if the Brook fight happened in his next three fights I said he, he signed up Matrion for three fights I just said Eddie Hearn he says it himself he loves a pound note I think the Pacquiao fight is bigger than the Brook fight. Um, I think Can for Can to be in the really big fights, he needs to be protected. I think if he loses again, no, I don't think anybody wants to see to see him try come back again. People are interested now. We went on a reality TV show. Fair play to him, came across really well. I'd love to see him fight Pacquiao because I think they gel really well. They kind they have that story there, the wild card. It's kind of the two really big names still. It's not. It's not one of them where they both passed it. You'd, you'd still would love to see that fight. Yeah, I'd rather see that fight than the Brook fight. That's purely because massive Pacquiao fan. But I think that one makes more money in terms of Eddie Hearn. Probably kind of goes. He even said it when he signed Amir Khan. We're looking at the Pacquiao fight. Would Eddie Hearn, if he did, if he is one hundred percent invested in in Amir Khan, would he really want? To put him in with Brooke, does he does he stand to win? Like he doesn't really stand to gain anything from the two of them fighting. It's gonna damage one of them where maybe they can't come back. Brooks coming off two losses. Can has been away for two years. He's been defeated. I think a defeat for either one of them. Again, like if Brooke bet Can and if Can bet Brooke, I don't really know where the loser has to go. And I think Pacquiao Can makes a lot of money. It's a safe option in terms of you're gonna get people who want to see that fight. Want to want to pay to see that fight, and I don't think there's any disgrace in losing to Pacquiao. I think Pacquiao would feel the same about Can. I, he, I don't think he'd see any disgrace in that. There's no disgrace losing to Brook either. But I just think the Can Pacquiao fight makes more sense at the moment for for where Can's career is than the Brook Can fight. Yeah. 
I, I'd agree. I totally agree, and and that's why I said I'd love to see it. No, not just for the fact that I'm also a Manny Pacquiao fan. Uh, I'd love to see Khan get another shot at another big name because you know, let's be honest, he's he's been in with some fantastic names over the years, and I think a lot of people forget the names he's been in with. Yeah. Some of them were probably over the hill a little bit, but to have them types of names on your record, you could walk away after a Manny Pacquiao fight, win, lose or draw, and say, well, you know, I've had a, I've had a fantastic career, uh, two-weight two world champion. Like, like the Canelo fight, he, he didn't lose coming out of the Canelo fight, he had a no. lot to gain. No, exactly. Well, he had a lot to gain, sorry, but he didn't have a whole lot to lose, no one really fancied him, looked really well at the start, but his chin, everyone knows if he gets hit, he's hitting the canvas, and I don't think... Didn't disgrace himself at all. So that's what people need to remember. His last fight was Canelo. Yeah. Canelo is up. It's one and two with him and him and him and Golovkin. And it's what you like. Some people might think Canelo's the best. People might think Golovkin's the best. But there's no disgrace in that. I think it's the two years off that people say, will he still be as quick? Will Is his chin got better? You can't put muscles on your chin. We know it hasn't got better. But I think people still have a lot of interest in Amir Khan. Doesn't do him a lot of, himself a lot of favours. But... I think, for for me, if the way I'd like to see it go, I think he beats Legreco. I wouldn't mind seeing the Peterson rematch. As in, that's more me kind of saying, how is he? How will he stay protected? Then by the end of the year, maybe January, a huge fight with Pacquiao, which I think is a stadium fight because people want to see Pacquiao and people want to see if Can can beat him. And I think, I think that fight can happen more than the Brook one. Yeah. And I think everybody would love to see would love to see Pacquiao box in the UK. So let's move on and let's talk about obviously the uh, press conference for Amir Khan and Phil Lagraco at the uh, uh, yesterday. It was uh, <laughs> we had a conversation about this off the air, off the podcast, and we were having a bit of a laugh about it yesterday because we were discussing. Um, situations where you believe press conference uh, press conferences are staged, <laughs> and yesterday's press conference um, it, it did very much seemed like they were setting it up for that incident to happen uh, to definitely bring more attention to that particular press conference because obviously uh, as well as um, Amir Khan's known the Greco's not known as well uh, especially over here um, is that you know for, for, for the casual audience they won't really know him know him but for people that really follow boxing they will know who he is um but what did you make of that yesterday did you think it was a bit of just a complete facade or how did you how did you see it going down well if you watch the clip before the water's thrown you will see Amir Khan look at the glass of water about 105 fucking times so (laughs) but he was kind of letting them get to a point letting them nudge 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 and it just seemed kind of very staged the minute he heard the word that pissed him off he threw the glass of water. Phil Greco, fairness to him, showed up, did a lot of talking, saying that Amir Khan's his tuna fight. It, 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 I don't know where he's getting it from. I don't know where he gets the confidence from. But um, he showed up looking like something out of the Goodfellas. <laughs> he um, he talked. He, he talk. He talks a good game. Yeah. But um, it did seem a bit staged, uh, and everyone kind of rushing in and had a kind of a hoopla about it. Then it's it's to get people to tune in. It's to get the people who might have followed Amir Khan. You know, I'm a celebrity to kind of tune in going, oh, yeah, and he has a bit of needle with this guy. So, uh, yeah, I want to see him. There was water thrown. There's a good build-up. There's a bit of needle there. We won't know that. I don't think Phil Greco was ever on Amir Khan's r- radar, and I think Phil Greco is the same. Eddie Hearn said he's talked, to me, he's talked himself into this fight. He's a good talker. I hope he fights as good as he talks, but 
it seems so staged, the kind of rushing in. Um, after that, Amir Khan just walked away. He didn't want any, he kind of got through the water and then was kind of like, yeah, that's it. Press conference <laughs> okay. is over. And um, Phil Agreco is still trying to say his piece. And then you see in interviews after where he says the same stuff. It's a fight on Sky. Eddie Hearn will want people to tune in to see Amir Khan. Um, there's, a, there's a Frampton fight that night, BT against Sky. He knows if he can create a bit of a story, these fellas don't like each other. You should tune in to watch this over the Frampton Denier fight. But I just, it seems so stay it the, the throne of the water even um it made no sense. It, it you look at Can, he'll look at the water, look at the water, look at the water. Here's the last syllable of the word he didn't like, and he straight up throws the water. And in fairness, he caught Legreco right in the face. So it was a good shot. <laughs> yeah, it was a good shot. I I don't think they said to each other here, you say this and I'll throw water at you. I'd say Eddie Hearn probably said to them, lads, let's see what, let's see, let's create a bit of interest in this fight, um, a little bit more interest. And uh, yeah, let's go. I'll gonna, I'm going to go up, leave it to you, say what you want. And uh, yeah, see how it goes. But uh, tr- try to get as much interest as you can. And if throwing a bottle, of, throwing a glass of water in someone's face is what you do, well, it, it, it come fight night. If Amir Khan shows up in any kind of fashion, uh, wanting to want to really show people what, it, what he still has. I think Phil Greco is going to be in for a very, a very short night, unfortunately for him. Yeah, I, I agree, and um, I think I think what we've got here on this particular day is BT against Sky, and we'll, we can talk a little bit more about that in a bit. But that is, is is frustrating for boxing fans because you've got two, you've got on one hand you've got Nonito Denaire against Carl Frampton, which is lining up to be a fantastic fight. On paper, it's a fantastic fight. On paper, it's better than Carl LeGreco anyway, for sure. But obviously, the needle that they've sort of created and the hype around the Carl fight is is probably to try and get people to tune in to Sky Sports and to watch the Carl bill. Uh, it's not a bad bill, actually. There's some, um, there's some quite tasty little fights that they've put on the card. Uh, moving down the card a little bit, one of the uh, more comical parts of the press conference that happened was uh, Sean Masha Dodd and Tommy Coyle dressing up as Batman and Superman, respectively. Um, you know, these guys have, have a little bit of needle. They don't really have so much of a needle, but they have a bit of banter between them anyway, and they're quite respectful of each other. But in terms of the fight itself, uh, it, 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 I think it'll be a good fight, and Tommy Coyle is never in a dull fight. Uh, Masha Dodd's never in a dull fight, and uh, I'd be, I'd be, it'd be one I'd want to see. So it'd be difficult to, to sort of switching channels on the night. You want to watch, you know, these types of fights, but then you don't want to miss the other fights on the on the card as well. But concentrating on the Sky Sports Matchroom card and the Masha Dodd Tommy Coyle fight, uh, what do you make of that announcement? Because I actually uh, thought that Masha Dodd was going to be going in against Lewis Ritson, uh, and that's not happening now. So um, Lewis Ritson's now who's he fighting now? Um, it's just recently been announced that uh, Joe Murray he's fighting. Uh, Joe Murray's challenging him for oh, the British title. So even though Joe Murray came in overweight uh, for his fight with Matty Fagan uh, in September, essentially he was he lost his. His opportunity, but has now been given an opportunity to, to fight Ritson. Um, but I was I was looking more forward to seeing Ritson and Masha Dodd, but he's fighting Tommy Coyle. So what what do you make of that fight? The Tommy Coyle, the Tommy Coyle Masha Dodd fight. Yeah, yeah, the Tommy, the one that's been made for the uh, Khan Le Greco undercard. 
I think it's a good it's it's a good fight. Um, I thought it would have been Ritson because I think they were speaking about Masha Dog getting a shot at his title, but two lads who who seem to get on very well and um, dressing up as Batman and Superman at a press conference. But it's it's a fight I like. Um, neither of them are boring. They're never in boring fights. Um, carried themselves very well. I don't think we're going to get any needle. Um, I think you're going to get a really good fight. Um, a fancy dod in this one. I think Coyle, he gets hit, always gets up. Um, but I think I think it could be dod late. But I think it could be a, a, a really good, a really good fight. Could could steal the show. I I'm not expecting a whole lot from the main event, but uh, that I think that's the one that could steal the show. Two two British fighters, maybe at similar similar points in their career, but I think a defeat for Coyle could spell the end. I think Dodd could come again. That's why I fancy him. Um, but maybe Coyle says, Do you know what? I want to. I'm not going out like this. Um, I, I don't want to lose this fight. He's gonna give it his all like he always does. Some of the best fights I've seen have involved Tommy Coyle. Um, he's uh, he always gets up. Um, he can take a shot. Yeah. Um, his performance against Katsidis was one that I'll always remember. Um, I think Dodd wins that one for me, though. Yeah, and I'd like to see the winners of the respective fights between Dodd and Coyle and Murray and Ritson square off against each other. I would like to see essentially Dodd and Ritson, but. Joe Murray, um, if he can live up to his potential, could potentially upset the apple cart there and take the British title, and we could see a Dodd potential Dodd Murray fight. Uh, I'm not writing Tommy Coyle off when I say this, but I do I do think that um, Sean Dodd, in the on the form he's in at the moment, does beat Tommy Coyle. Uh, so I would I'd be swaying more towards Sean Dodd picking up that victory and going in for potentially a British title with say the British and Commonwealth. You know, being on the line in that particular fight, uh, so that'd be a good one I'd look forward to. But looking through the bill for this particular show uh, on that night, obviously you've got Amir Khan uh, and Phil Logreco. You've got Sean Dodd and Tommy Coyle, and you've got Conor Ben's been announced on the card as well. Uh, Natasha Jonas, Anthony Fowler, Scott Fitzgerald, all the normal Sky Sports uh, matchroom boxing fighters uh, that you see on on the Eddie Hearn shows, um, and Tom Farrell as well. He's he's also on that particular card. Uh, Obviously, he had that defeat to O'Hara Davis, which we'll we'll talk about him a little bit later on. Um, but looking at the, the the card itself, it does look to be a lot of good up and coming British boxing. You know, a lot of them are well known as well because obviously they've been on the matchroom platform. Um, it just really depends on who they get as opponents and. That that's something that always worries worries me. You know, it, it looks great when you look at it from that perspective in terms of the card, and you think, oh, you've got Khan, you've got Dodge, you've got Joe and Ask Fowler, Fitzgerald, Connor, Ben, um, and then and then, but then when they're putting them in with say novice pros or potential journeymen slash journey women, it's, it's it's not really an evenly matched card in terms of the fights. So you kind of just know. A lot of them are potentially just going to be walkovers. Uh, I hope it doesn't work out that way. I do hope they, you know, get some sterner tests. I mean, look at Conor Ben's last fight. You know, we was expecting it to, to to be another Conor Ben easy win. He only just got through that by the skin of his teeth. So I think that's I think that's the fight they're going. I think they're going with Paynod again, and I think Paynod was unlucky in the last one. But I can't see Conor Ben being as bad as he was again. Yeah, he was really he was really sloppy in that fight. But what, but what if I, they're the kind of things you want to see him in. And as he says, he's learning on the game. And probably of all the matchroom fighters, one that I'd, that I'd, I'd tune in to watch. Because 
you're either going to see him knock someone out or he's going to be in a good fight. I think the Payne-all fight was brilliant for the small hall show that it was. Katie Taylor headlined the bill, but that stalled, that stalled the night. Eddie Hearn wasn't too happy, but um, he, he he's an interesting one to watch. He's learning on the job. Um, I, I don't think he can afford another performance. But he's one of them, he could have a loss, he could be defeated, and then you kind of go, it doesn't really affect him. He's, he's learning on the game. He could come back, I think he's 9-0, 10-0. Um, but they're, they're moving him slowly. I think the pain out fight, if he gets the rematch, I don't think he'd make the same mistakes. And he's one that he's one that I keep my eye on, one that I, his progress is something that I track. And, and I hope that he can he can uh, get through the pain out fight because I'd like to see him test himself again. Maybe start towards the end of the year, maybe 12 rounds, challenge for titles early next year. But uh, they're taking their time with him. And... Um, I, I, I think the Payne-Off fight, if he can get the rematch, if he won that, he can put that one to bed. But then I think he really needs to take time. He's out nearly every matchroom card. I think they need to take time with him. Um, he's learning on the job. They may He may need a little bit more, maybe a bit more fine-tuning, but I think he's in the right gym. He's with the right people around him to do that. Yeah, I, I, I again, I agree with with, with what you're saying there. Um, I, I think he, if if he could get the pain out fight and he could put that fight to bed um, straight away and not make the mistakes he made in the last fight and show how he's changed from that first fight, then it will sort of restore that 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 sort of presence in him and the confidence back into him to be able to move on with his career but again what you just said there is the fact that he's he's out on practically every match room card yeah he is it's good to keep fighters active we know activity is 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 key but when you're practically having him out you know every other month it's especially with someone who, who needs to refine his game um and, and and because one of the good one of the good things but also the negative things with Conor Benny is he's very much like his father in the way he fights um and he does go hell for leather when he gets in that ring but with a bit of refinement and, and a bit more using his boxing abilities and taking his time he wouldn't have to be in a dog fight but he, he seems to like to put himself in them types of fights and it just seems to be a little bit of history so far repeating itself um, which is not a bad thing because we, we all know how Nigel Ben's career went and, and the fantastic fights he had but I, I would like to see kind of Ben you know, stick to the basics a bit more uh, and, and, and have a couple of more fights and, and maybe then fight someone uh, of more uh, note and then we might see potential you know a really big domestic fight coming up uh, speaking of domestic fights, uh, this is more one for obviously the northwest of England, which is also on this card. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of these two fighters, um, but it's for the central area super lightweight title uh, between Ryan Mulcahy of Liverpool uh, and Bilal Raymond, uh, Billy the Kid uh, from Rochdale. Them two are getting it on uh, finally. They've been having a lot of social media needle for a few months. It was supposed to be on one of Steve Wood's small hall shows uh, over here in the northwest, but uh, it's finally happening and it's on a bigger stage. Um, have you? seen any of these two fighters at all i haven't seen any of them as of yet Um i will be keeping an eye on them now that you've told me but um i think it's good for southern area titles those kind of titles to be on big shows because if these guys are good enough they're going to be on these shows and you want to see if they have a bit of needle adds to it as well um it, it it's something it'd be a fight now that i'm keeping my eye out for and um, wouldn't heard of them before but um it's definitely it's definitely one now that you've uh, you've um 
you've drawn me to, and I'll be, I'll be looking out for that one. Well, they're actually both at the stage. Uh, they're undefeated. They're both ten and zero, so they've both had ten fights each, and they're both undefeated. So it's uh, it makes for an even more interesting fight for me. Um, and and this is the second time in three fights for Bilal Raymond where he's going up against somebody who's undefeated, who's touted as a potential prospect for the future. Um, and and the needle between them adds to it. And when I say needle. <laughs> I, I do, I do mean Twitter needle, and I mean they've been <coughs> effing and jeffing at each other over Twitter. And uh, you know, when you get the opportunity to go on, if you follow both guys on on Twitter and look at them, and you'll you'll see that the, there's both potential there for the pair of them. Um, at this moment in time, obviously, because you've not seen him, it's difficult to have that conversation with yourself. But at the moment, slightly edging for me would be Bilal Raymond, and, and, and I would highly recommend anyone that listens to the podcast uh, to follow both Bilal and Ryan's careers, uh, because no matter who wins that fight and who loses that fight, the, the, you know they'll bounce back, and you will see them in some good fights. Um, it's, it's fantastic in terms of. Northwest and for the Northwest boxing because we've got people like Ryan and Bilal on the card and we've got Natasha Jonas on the card, Anthony Fowler, Scott Fitzgerald and Tom Farrell, obviously, you know, all Liverpool fighters. Um so it's, it's it's great for obviously for for us here in the Northwest. Um but it's also great for the wider boxing world to be able to see the talent that's on show and, and, and gives them the great platform. Um but yeah, that's the that's 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 that particular card and that press conference that we talked about uh, from yesterday. Um, briefly, want to touch on the Selby and Warrington fight, which we've been waiting for the official announcement for, which has happened today. The press conference has uh, happened over in Leeds. I've I've not really had a chance to catch up and see much of what's going on, but I do believe again. There's a bit of competitive needle between these two fighters, and 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 that's a fight I'm really really looking forward to see. Um, talk talk to us about you know both of these fighters individually. I mean, do you rate both of them as fighters? I I really rate Lee Selby. I think what he does, he's so slick, he's composed, and he's really honed his craft. Um, disappointed maybe to see him kind of leave the platform of Sky. Um, I think. There could have been big fight. I'm not saying that Frank Warren isn't going to get a big fight, and there is huge fights out there for him. But um, really honed his craft. One of the fighters that I like watching. He's one of them. Hit, not get hit. Um, not saying that he doesn't get hit, but um, he has that little bit of slickness about him. He has that bit of swagger that I like to see. Think Warrington is going to try to drag him into a dogfight. I think if Selby can avoid that, I think he can win. The Frampton fight is obviously the one. Maybe the this is like the Donair and Frampton is kind of like a semi final, and yeah, the final whoever wins the Warrington and Selby and, the, and whoever wins the Donair Frampton. I think Frampton would beat Warrington. I think he beat Selby. I think he he's he's the polished, he's the finished article. Maybe I haven't seen Selby's one of them that he can be hit and miss. But I think if Warrington can drag, drag him into a dogfight, take him late, try to tire him out, pressure him, because he has good cardio, Warrington. It, it's a fight that they both they both want. Um, it's been in the pipework for a while. I'd like to see, for myself, for for the fight, I'd like to see it would be Warrington and Frampton. I think that would just be an all-out war. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's a bit more sweet science when it comes to Frampton Selby. But I think Selby for me. If he can stay, keep his keep his head on, and um, stay concentrated for twelve rounds, I think he gets him. I think he I think he wins it by him. Um, I think he wins it on points. But 
make no mistake about it, this is a huge fight. Um, a lot of people maybe who are not huge boxing fans wouldn't wouldn't know about it, but um, for me, this is this is one of those domestic fights that you just have to see, especially when it comes to Warrington and Selby, two great fighters, and that's what we want again to fight the best fight in the best. Yeah, absolutely, I totally agree, and it's um, I'm really happy that they've made this fight, and, and there was a, there's been talk about it for a, for about twelve months now about these two getting in the ring with each other, and, and it's finally happened, and you know I'm I'm really pleased that they're, they're having it, and they're having it in Leeds as well, which is um, even more interesting that Selby's obviously willing to travel to Warrington's backyard. Um, it probably means that he has a few extra zeros on his paycheck as well if he is willing to travel. It's he's probably making a yeah. whole lot more than Warrington is for the fight. Yeah, I, I think it'll probably be for the fact that. Um, you've seen what it's like in Leeds when Warrington fights and the atmosphere it creates. It creates a, a fantastic atmosphere over there and you know it's going to pipe it packed. You know it's going to fill the First Direct's arena over there. Um, I think that's why they're having it. I could be wrong, but if it's at the First Direct's arena, it's like a bit of a cauldron now for Josh Warrington and they're going to fill it out. It's going to sell tickets. It's going to do well. People are going to tune in to see this fight to see whether the pre- educated pressure uh, of Josh Warrington can overcome the slick skills of Lee Selby and, and, and it's a fight I am looking forward to and I think it's it's good that both men are getting this fight because with Lee Selby I don't think we've seen the best of him uh, because he only seems to go through the gears when he fights particular fighters he only seems to really step up to the plate when he's fighting somebody that's more well known uh, if he's fighting somebody that's you know, got a bit of a half decent record or at least a winning record. Um, you can just tell he's he's just not always up for the fight, and he's not really getting out of first gear with some of these fights. But I think this is a fight where we're really going to see him hopefully go through the levels, uh, as well as Josh Warrington as well, because he's another one that's got a fantastic work rate. Whilst he's not known for being a big puncher, uh, the work rate it completely over overshadows that fact, and he's able to get on in the inside constantly and put that pressure on, much like. Ricky Hatton used to be, although Rick, Ricky Hatton could bang as well. Um, but just not to say Josh Warrington can't punch because he, he obviously can. But I mean, in terms of he's not got that concussive knockout punch uh, or power to be able to to really hurt an opponent. But it's the pressure um, that he that he brings to the opponent and the engine that he's got that that really seems to wear his opponents down. So it's uh, it, it, it's going to make for a really interesting fight. But I think we're going to see. You know the the best of both of them here at, at some stage of the fight, and if I'm going to put a prediction on for now, I'm probably going to say that Lee Selby uh, takes the fight, and I'll say he takes it on points, and he he, he boxes really well on possibly probably on the back foot, which he does like to do, uh, and he looks for them counter combinations, and and we get a twelve round points decision to Lee Selby, but you just never know. Um, what would you? What would you say for that one? Would you say that would be a Selby win or would you say Warrington does actually have a legitimate yeah, I, chance? I, 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 I'd be the same as you. I'd see Selby on points. I think if Selby at his best turns up, I think he wins the fight. If he lets it slip for 30 seconds, I think he can get knocked out. He can't. He's liable to get hit. Um, he does take a shot. Um, good chin on him, does get up. I just think if he's on his game, I think he beats Warrington. Um, but I think the Leeds crowd, Warrington, will have to give give it his all, which he will, um, like he does every time. He's one of them that no matter what the fight is, I think you're going to see Josh Warrington give it, give his best. I think you're right about Selby. I think the bigger the name, the more he gets up for it. I think there's certain fights he's expected to win, and I think he sees that in himself. I think when it's fights where the other person might have a have a good record, maybe of challenge for world titles, he'll put it in. Remember when he? I remember when he fought Hunter. Um, he got dropped 
But he yeah. came back well, did well, uh, won the fight. I think if if Warrington can pressure him, take him late, tire him out, um, I think that's where Warrington has a chance. But I think if the slick, the stylish Selby turns up, I think I think he takes it on points. I think he I think he get a unanimous decision. Yeah, no, well, this is the kind of way I'm going with early on uh, at this stage, and I don't think I'm going to change my mind on that prediction. I do, I do sort of see it going that way. Uh, but again, it's, it's great that it's happening, and, and and it's another good show on BT Sport and Box Nation. It's uh, Frank Warren. I've said this before in previous episodes of the podcast that Frank Warren seems to be making a resurgence in terms of the level of shows that he's putting on. They seem to be quality now. Um, I think he used to be very much a guy that would put his fighters in against people with padded records and would just see mismatch fights and he seems to have sort of learned from that mistake and he's putting more evenly matched fights on the cards now and even when you look down the cards and some of the events you, you see more evenly matched fights and, and, and obviously as fans that's you want to see these evenly matched fights uh, as much as we all love to see a, a knockout and a stoppage we, you know really in reality that they're fighting somebody who's can be a punching bag or he's, he's got limited skills and it doesn't really show the best of that particular fighter until they get put in with somebody at a higher level uh, and, and sometimes they do get found out but no I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased that the announcement's been made today and I'm really looking forward to that particular fight um, and I'm moving down now I want to I wanna discuss the weekend's action. Um, there's one obviously big event that's going on this weekend. Uh, it's over uh, at the O2 Arena and the British Beef card with uh, Lawrence Ecoli going in against Isaac Chamberlain. That is obviously the the fight that's been heavily promoted on that card. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about some of the other fighters that are performing on that show, but let's talk about the the main fight really, uh, Ecoli and Chamberlain um, again. The floor is yours. What do you think of this one? This looks like a cracking one. Yeah, two people, two fighters that really don't like each other. Um, I've seen some of their the kind of back and forth in the build up to this fight, and some of it is it is just brilliant. Um, for me, I didn't think it should be in the O2. They've sold a lot of tickets. They're, I don't think anyone really loses in this fight. This could be one of them. It could be a barnstormer that people want to see again. These could be fight three or four times. Chamberlain's nine zero. is seven zero. It's a fight that you want to happen at this kind of not wait until maybe they do have titles or when they're seventeen and all when they're kind of ah oh, there's politics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Fairness to Eddie Hearn, they both wanted it and he's given it to them. For me, I'm gonna go with Chamberlain. I think he's slick, has it in him. I think Coley can be rash, um, liable to mistakes, but I think that comes with experience. And I know it's only two fights, but Chamberlain has been getting ready for nine fights over the seven not a big difference but if you're in there um, it's a different story it's under the lights for me I'm going to go Chamberlain um, I really like him I think these two can bring uh, a lot of notice to the cruiserweight division especially in Britain Yeah. but these two, these could be the two guys the likes of Dillian White and Joshua that really bring the heavyweight division really spark it up with Tyson Fury like they did in Britain um, I think these guys could do that for the cruiserweight division um, for me I'm going to go Chamberlain uh, but I don't think Akoli, uh, I don't think that it's going to damage him too much because they're both quality fighters. They both come again, and I don't think Saturday night is going to be the only time they fight. I think these guys could fight a good few times, maybe for world titles, maybe later on down the line. The cruiserweight division isn't that deep. 
you wouldn't be surprised if these guys were challenging for world titles maybe middle to end of next year because that's what you want to see. You want to see these young guys. Cruiserweight division, as I said, isn't 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 that deep. So I think these guys both have it. They both have a bit of character, both a bit of spite in them. They can talk well, and they've built the fight brilliantly. I don't know if you saw the um, the ad <laughs> yeah. the put it in the paper. Yeah, it was great. That kind of, that's original, but they just don't like each other, and that's what you want to see. And in fairness to them, that's what sold. That's what that's how they could put it in the O2. I, I, I presume Eddie Hearn already had that day booked, but he said, "I'll try. I'll put these two on," and they've talked up a good fight, and it's it's one that I'll definitely be watching. The, the the thing is with both of them is respectively they're twenty five and twenty three years old. They're they relatively novice pros in, in in the professional game. Whilst they've got fantastic amateur pedigree, you know that that a loss for either of them isn't going to be too damaging um, in terms of the career because they can both come they could both come back from a loss and still be able to to go forth in that cruiserweight division because it isn't deep like you say it isn't a deep division uh, and, and, and that's what makes it more exciting for this particular fight is that I, I think with the needle that goes along with it the the, the advertising in the newspaper which I thought was a brilliant idea um, and, and, and you know it's like you said it's original we've not seen anybody do that we've not seen anybody I mean a lot of it these days uh, as much as Twitter is a great way of uh, interacting with people uh, a lot of it is over Twitter now and you don't see something as, as, as comical as that anymore uh, putting in a newspaper ad in and, and I thought it was great it was a great move uh, it was good marketing good PR uh, and, and, it, and it made people talk about it it made people discuss it and it'll make people watch it on Saturday night and in terms of picking a winner at this moment in time I would have to go with Isaac Chamberlain I do feel he's got uh, even though he's only had two fights more he has had more rounds in, in under his bank uh, whereas a Akolai has been obviously knocking his opponents out a lot sooner, uh, but again, you mentioned he was rash earlier, and uh, I, I do I do agree with that statement just because of the fact that I have seen him throw a lot of wild swings uh, when he's been in, and, and and obviously when he feels he's hurt an opponent, he, he, you know he tries to he tries to capitalise on that, he tries to be a complete finisher, and I just think if he tries that with Chamberlain, I think Chamberlain's too slick. And I do think even at this early stage of his career, he has got the experience to be able to move out of the way, sidestep, get away from them big swinging wild punches and be able to to, to outbox him. Um, whether it can stop him, you know, there's nothing saying he can't because he's, 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 his last three fights for Chamberlain have been, have been TKO stoppages. Yeah, I think if he, another one, if he keeps his head on, I think he, I think he knows as well that a, that a is going to make mistakes. So he can kind of go, I can let him make his mistakes and I'll capitalise on them then. But I think, as you said, the rounds is going to make a difference. Isaac Chamberlain, and he seems to camera the two as well. Um, seems very calm, cool and collected. I think Lawrence could be nervous. I think he's kind of gone, I want this fight, but it's here now. And I, I, I think there's a lot of pride going into this one. He, like Neither will want to lose, but... Wouldn't be surprised if Akoli won, but for me, I'd have to pick Chamberlain. I think that little bit more experience will stand to him on the night. I think if he can, if he can let Akoli make mistakes, I think he, I think he can capitalize on him. I think he's a smart fighter, and I think we might see the best of Isaac Chamberlain. I think he's going to really rise to the occasion on on, on the night. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really, I am really genuinely excited to see this fight. You know, because of the way they've 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 marketed it really well, and and that's one thing that you know I really appreciate as a fan. You know, when they get some good Anthony press. Anthony Joshua's behind it as well. This is his. 
this is a uh, in co-promotion with Matchroom is um, is Anthony Joshua. So we'll be seeing if he kind of adds anything to the card or him being there makes any difference. But um, it's kind of good to see him kind of branching out as well. Yeah. Um, inter- interesting to see how how that goes if it happens again in the future. Yeah, it would, and I think like a lot of fighters these days, he's he's obviously got his 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 eye on 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 what potentially could be for the future for him, which could be you know a full on promotional gig um, after his career's long gone, and. It is like obviously we've got David Hay and Haymaker Promotions. You know, there's there's a lot of them doing it. Kami Khan and Khan Promotions. They're all they're all doing it. They're all trying to to make something out of it. So it will. I think with Anthony Joshua, he's got a good, very good platform to do that on now. So it will be interesting to see if it adds anything into the mix and and and, and how it would work in the future. Um, but just looking at the card itself, um, there's quite a few uh, good fighters on the card. Uh, obviously, another Olympian is uh, Joshua Buatze, uh who's going in against. Joe, Jordan Joseph, uh, who's seven one and one. Obviously, Boatsy, this is his fourth fight, uh, light heavyweight, and he's another, obviously, fighter that's come from the same crop of fighters as Ch- Chamberlain and Nikolai that I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, on the card. And, and what what do you make of Boatsy so far in his professional career? Well, he's beat who he's had to beat. But you, if you talk to any fighter now and you say who's coming through, and um, they'll all say they'll say the likes of Josh Kelly. Um, Joey Cordina but the one that they all say they think to go the furthest is Buatzi. Uh, speaking to Dave Allen really likes Buatzi what he's seen from him um, going about his business quietly but he's going to build up his record um, I think Saturday night you, you, you're going to see he's one of them that's progressing with every fight you can see it you can see it in him and from what I've seen so far I think the future is very very right for um, for Buatzi. and as I said speaking with other fighters he's the one they say yeah he's going to be the one that uh, he's going to reach the top yeah, well, again, I'm looking forward to seeing Buatzi. But uh, another surprising addition to the card uh, is Paul Butler. Um, obviously, he's looking... It looks like he's trying to be active by being on this particular card because, uh, as it stands, I can't see who the opponent is. He doesn't actually confirm who he's fighting uh, there. So it does look like... Probably Eastern European, then, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> and more than likely, it'll be a, it'll just be an, an activity fight. It will be to keep him active. And, and obviously, I'm surprised... You know that he he is on this card, but fair play to him for being on it, and he's a, he is another fighter who I, I really I do enjoy. You know his style of fighting. Uh, I really would like to see him get another big fight soon this year, uh, in particular. And I, I just I'm just I was really surprised when I seen him on the card. I was uh, you know even now when I look at his you name, know if he, maybe maybe he's maybe got injured in the last fight, and this has come out and maybe test if he was injured. I don't know. One of the fights that I am really looking forward to is Cheeseman against um, Carson Jones. Absolutely. Carson Jones always comes to fight. I think the Sky Sports always one of their Sky Sports boxing classics is always the fight with um, with Kel Brook and Carson Jones, a brilliant fighter. He he'd be one of them. You can see how far you progressed, or Ted Cheeseman will see if he can beat Carson Jones. They're like, yeah, you've beaten someone who's who's tough as nails. And if he looks good doing it, I think Ted Cheeseman is is going to go really far. Carson Jones and Ted Cheeseman is one of those fights that I, I'd really be looking forward to. Yeah, me too. Uh, Ted Cheeseman's looks really impressive so far in his career. Um, he, he he beat local fighter from from round our way, uh, Matthew Ryan, uh, recently. Um, well. 
obviously the back end of last year, but he, he beat Matthew Ryan and he looked impressive in doing so. And and, and obviously he's fighting Carson Jones, who's a very good a very good measuring stick uh, for to see where you are, like you've mentioned earlier. Um, and he, he seems to be quite a, a bit of a big puncher as well. And and it'll be interesting to see how Carson Jones deals with 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 Cheeseman and 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 likewise really how Cheeseman's going to deal with Carson Jones because he is a probably for the first half of the fight I think he will be a bit of a problem uh, for Cheeseman but... he's a pressure fighter and it's how Cheeseman will deal with it um, I, I'm not saying that he's purely there so Cheeseman can beat him and then we'll see how good he is I wouldn't be surprised if Carson Jones left with the victory well, we've seen him do it against Brian Rose, haven't we, before now? Um, obviously, the, the the stoppage against Brian Rose, which completely wasn't expected. And I'll, I'll never forget that fight just because of the sole fact that the cameras decided to follow Brian Rose backstage, seeing him kicking bins around and all sorts of stuff. It's, uh, it still gets replayed now, that, <laughs> on Sky Sports. It was... Uh, quite entertaining uh, for us uh, as fans to watch it obviously not for Brian Rose at the time um, he, he, would, um, well, he he may have got found out that night but Carson Jones is one of those fighters that does no disgrace in losing to, to, to Carson Jones definitely not no, it'll, it'll be a good fight. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Reese Bellotti, he's, he's back uh, on the card. He's fighting Ben Jones which again uh, is for the Commonwealth featherweight title. It'll be a good Good measuring stick this one for Reese Bellotti and, and, and he's another one that I'm really, really sort of seeing his progression, you know, steadily up the ranks and, and, and I'm excited to see where, where he goes. But I think he's got a bit of a tough tough test against Ben Jones. Yeah, Ben Jones is no slouch. Um a lot of good wins. I think he's with Assassin's Boxing. Um but you if Bellotti can come through, another one of them, it's almost like the Carson Jones fight, not on the same level, but uh, he's in with someone really tough. Um clearly Eddie Hearn wants to put these guys in. With, with tough fighters and see how good they really are. I think he said himself, he doesn't. If they lose, they lose. They can always come again, but they have to go in and face these 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 really good fighters. And I think Ben Jones is a really good fighter. Not a lot of people know him, but he's very he's very tough opposition. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. And again, he's um he's, he's shaping up to be when we're talking through the fights and sort of giving our pre- predictions for the fight so far. You know, when you, when, I'm, when I'm talking back to yourself, I'm thinking you know, it's actually going to be a pretty decent card, really. When you when you look at some of the matchups on this particular card, it isn't isn't a complete uh, mismatch of, of, of fights. I mean, obviously. People like Paul Butler with no opponent to me means it's going to be a European, so it's just an activity fight. But uh, when you've got you know your Cheesemans and your Jones, um, Carson Jones fights, and your Bellotti's and your Ben Jones fights, and obviously your Akola and Chamberlain's, they're three pretty good fights that I think a lot of people are going to look forward to watching. Um, but then we've also got Charlie Edwards on the card and Felix Cash uh, and Gamalia Fai as well. So there's three other fighters that are on the card there that have also uh, out. On that show, so really, when when you look at it from that perspective, it's, if you it's, like your, if you like your boxing, it's a, it's a stacked card. Yeah, if you like your boxing, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think I think for um, big boxing fans out there, you know, they, they are going to enjoy this card uh, on Saturday. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we've given our predictions for 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 the main fights on this particular card. Uh, I, w- I want to really move on and look at um, one big announcement which has been made this week, which we've. We've both been excited to, to discuss, which is the rematch between Triple G and Canelo. Can't wait. What What are your thoughts on this one? Huge news. Huge news. They said we won't need the judges this time. Personally, they didn't need the fucking judges last time. <laughs> For me, Golovkin won the fight. I think this time, I think Golovkin will have figured out what he needs to do. For me, I think Golovkin wins it, but a massive, massive fight. One of them that I think appeals to not only boxing fans, but the people outside of boxing. 
because it's so big. It's the biggest fight in boxing. I think the fight yeah. after that is probably Joshua and Fury. Yeah. But this one is massive. And I think the winner of this, I think it's going to be Golovkin. I think Golovkin may move up then. I think we're going to get a third fight. I don't see the, I think these kind of, this is going to be one of them, one of those trilogies, one of those. They might fight more than that, kind of like Marquez, Pacquiao, where these guys just suit each other. They'll always deliver a good fight. For me, I, I'm going to go with Golovkin. I think he won the last fight, but massive. And one of those kind of fights, What I think what's good is it didn't drag on. It didn't kind of will they, won't they? They kind of, they got it done. They knew the last one was controversial. I think a lot of people, I don't know how you saw it, but for me, Golovkin won it. But one of those fights that, yeah, I'll pay to see that again because it was fucking brilliant. For me, it was a, it was a what you like kind of fight because... On one hand, I could see how Golovkin won the fight, but I also see... Um, I, d- I don't think Canelo won the fight, but I, d- I do think the justification for Canelo was that I, th- I feel that some of the work that he did, uh, I think in the first half of the fight, was enough to kind of justify the draw, so to speak. But I, I don't feel he-, he-, he won it. I would have, if I was going to pick the winner, and I was going to say... Golovkin won it, but I wouldn't have said um, by a wide decision. Some people were saying after that particular fight that it was a, it was a wide should have been a wide scorecard. But again, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who was watching that that particular fight and um, whether these people actually had any knowledge of boxing because that was some people were saying it was a really wide scorecard. I didn't agree with that. I, I thought it was quite close. Uh, initially, I thought the draw was justified. Um, whether Canelo, um, whether Golovkin, sorry, just edged it. I'd probably more sway towards that decision now, but initially, after watching it on the night, um, I didn't actually watch it with any commentary because I, I was actually watching it um, through uh, through a live stream. To be fair, so uh, there was no particular commentary being being put on this live stream. So I, I had I had a good opportunity to be able to watch it without anyone sort of influencing you know, my, my, my sort of scoring, so to speak. So I was able to just watch the fight happen and unfold. And at the time I watched it, I, I, I when the draw was was given, I thought, yeah, I could probably say that was a fair enough result. Watching it back, the one time I've watched it back, I could probably see how fans would agree that Kolovkin won it, but I wouldn't have said he won it by six or seven rounds, which is what some people were saying. Uh, two, 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 two rounds at best, I would have said, would be a reasonable um, a reasonable margin for, for that Golovkin win. But I am really looking forward to the second fight, and I'm so glad it's been made because, you know, that's um, that it's, it's, it's on a really good... Uh, it's May the 5th, which is uh, Cinco de Mayo as well, which is obviously a big uh, Mexican festival, which is going to be massive yeah. uh, for, for Canelo's fans. Obviously, they're going to really want him to, to, to pull this one off. Um, but I think what you mentioned earlier about the fact that these guys, I think that one fight has told us that these guys could probably fight two or three more times and we would probably see close fights. And and that's what that's what really sort of excites me about that fact is that I think you you say Golovkin could come in and work him out this second time round. I, I don't know if Golovkin could knock him out in terms of the way he's knocked other fighters out across his career. I, I think we're get, I think we're getting a decision. I don't think either is getting knocked out. They said they won't need the judges. I just hope that means that the judges won't be in the conversation in terms of terrible scoring. Yeah. I think that <laughs> I can't see either getting knocked out. I'd be I'd be shocked if one of them got knocked out. 
Yeah, I, I, I would be shocked if one of them got knocked out. To be honest with you, I just think um, for me in the first fight, Canelo's defensive work was uh, was was quite impeccable. To be honest, uh, but then also I seen that big overhand right that Canelo had knocked people like Amir Khan out with, uh, he hit Golovkin with it, and Golovkin just carried on walking. Yeah, just, turned his head back and kind of walked towards him and yeah. Canelo you kind of throw the and say forget about this this guy is he's made out of steel yeah. but that kind of thing that's why you watch these fights because any other fighter would have went down because with Amir Khan the Amir Khan fight you were just waiting for him to land a shot and he did and it was done I think Golovkin has he has a really 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 good chin I can't see either get knocked out I think it will go to points um, split decision win maybe for Golovkin but I I think he got the last one. I think he'll get the next one. But um, probably the most exciting fight in boxing at the moment. It wouldn't surprise me if it was a very, very close, controversial decision yet again, which led to a third fight. It really wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I can't see them getting a draw again. I really couldn't. But I could see one of them edging a very close decision. Um, and, and I think that's what could potentially lead to a third, a third fight, which, again, you know, when you get that type of pure, pure boxing... You'd you'd watch it, you'd watch it again and again because you'd watch these two guys go at it again and again, just like we, you know, I go back to the nineties and you look at Ben and Eubank and you look at the type them them type of fights and Gatti and Ward and Barrera and Morales. These are the types of fights that and and Pacquiao and um, oh, hell, I forgot Marquez. That's it, <laughs> Pacquiao and Marquez. These are the types of fights that you would watch again and again and again. And Canelo and Kolovkin is going to be no exception to that rule. I think this is uh, a potential trilogy, uh, potentially four fights. But it's, it's a win-win for boxing fans because they get to see the best fight the best. Uh, the, the, the probably the top two in the world, um, arguably. Obviously, people's uh, top ten pound-for-pound fighters uh, do consist uh, Lomachenko at the moment. So, but for me personally, it's Canelo and Golovkin uh, are the top two at the moment in the world, and and that's the fight that everyone's talking about. And it's on the same night as uh, David Hay and Tony Bellew rematch. So we're in for a fantastic night of boxing. We're going to see uh, an, a grudge match between Hay and Bellew. Uh, obviously, ten eleven o'clock at night, and then you know we're going to be up at four or five o'clock in the morning watching the Canelo and Triple G fight. So we are in for a really good night of boxing, and I just hope that the undercards do them justice to be honest with you I think the undercard for probably the Hay Bellew fight with the amount of money that's going in might be a little bit thin but I think that fight on its own I think the intrigue that people have in that um, can Bellew drag him late again will Hay's body hold up will they even get to the ring with the way the way Hay's been injured in the past but that fight you like for a different reason you want to see two lads have a have a, have a good scrap kind of see what see what we didn't see in the first fight but um, the, the, the fight that night I'll be looking forward to most is Canelo and Golovkin from a boxing standpoint, but from wanting to see a really good tear-up and kind of a bit of needle and like what everyone likes to see when they watch boxing, hay and belly was something that can't be missed as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I think that's a, that about sort of wraps it up for what we've got to discuss this week. Uh, is there anything in particular on your mind in boxing at the moment that you want to discuss uh, before we call it a night? Yeah, just one. It was the O'Hara Davis one. I wanted to. I think everyone knows who O'Hara Davis is now in boxing. Maybe for the wrong reasons, but that was one I kind of wanted to touch on because he gets a lot. Of, he gets a lot of stick. He shouldn't have said what he said, but I think he's been hit very hard by matchroom and stuff like that. And maybe was a bit understood. I think 
to coin a pro wrestling phase, he was playing heel. Yeah. And I think he played it too much where he became the character he was trying to be, not just in the build-up to a fight. He was that person. He was on, on social media. And the stuff he was saying is, is horrible. But the stuff he also released, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the kind of... Um, the kind of um, abuse he's getting online and some of the stuff is is horrible. But glad to see that Frank Warren picked him up, MTK have picked him up. And it was one of them that people might have went, no, not touching him, he's too controversial. One thing, if he can pull back on, as I said, that kind of heel, the kind of bad guy thing, and just let his boxing do the talking, I think he'd be fine. But I have to say, fair play to Frank Warren, because I thought he might go, no, not touching him. Yeah, Eddie Hearn's problem. Let him sort it out. I, I think O'Hara Davis may be a little bit off. People might not see him as much on BT. That kind of a lot of people, a lot of people follow the boxing through Sky, unfortunately. But he's one of those that has a lot of talent, doesn't do himself any favors. But I think respect to Frank Warren for for picking him up and and, and not leaving him wait. I think he's one. He's a young guy, made a mistake, and I think he just believed in in that bad guy character too much. I, I think the problem with O'Hara Davies is, he's like you said, in, in terms of the, the, the wrestling standpoint, he's living the gimmick, and that's the problem he's got. He's, he's created this persona, and he's kind of living that persona. Um, and I, I think he, I mean, looking at, looking at social media now, I think he has genuinely realised he's, he's really messed up here. Um, and as a result, he's been hit hard by a matchroom, like you say. Um, fair play to MTK for, for picking him up and making sure that he, he doesn't go unattached because he's a talent and that's that's the thing with him he is a talent and he's got an opportunity really to to, to come back and really reassess the situation <clears throat> I'll tell you one fighter I'll compare him to in, in some respect um, and I say it loosely when Chris Eubank Jr. started uh, I'd say his first ooh, 10, 10 to 15 fights he, he, he was acting a constant heel all the time, he was he'd stand there in the middle of the ring. He wouldn't walk to his opponents. He'd let his opponents walk to him. There was a lot of brashness, a lot of cockiness. He's trying to be too much like his dad. He was trying to live that gimmick, and then he got humbled by Billy Joe Saunders in that fight. Yeah. Uh, and as a result of that, his persona has changed, and he has become more fan friendly, more comes across better with the public now. Um, and I think now we're starting to see a guy who's got real talent be respected for that talent as opposed to being overshadowed by this gimmick life that he that he was trying to persona and and, and and now we get to see the fight between Eubank and Groves and, and, and it's a really 50-50 fight and that's the problem with Howard Davis is he's trying to do uh, a similar thing to, 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 to Eubank but in a different way and he's really backfired on him massively and you know he's and the, lock- ta- the Taylor fight didn't do him any favours the way no it, it's not for me to say how we um, how we should have went on, but it didn't do him any favors because I think if you're going to play that persona, you need to back it up. In fairness to Chris Eubank, since he's kind of, for lack of a better word, copped on, he's kind of dropped that persona, but he's backed it up. Yeah, I think O'Hara Davis isn't in a position where he can play that kind of bad guy, that like this kind of I'm untouchable, I have all this money kind of thing. Yeah, you can do that if you're Floyd Mayweather or you're backing it up every time you go into the ring. The stuff he said is it, it was a bit much. You can understand that, or that matchroom might kind of went. No, I, I don't. We don't really fancy this anymore. You're kind of a bit too too out there, and it's fine to be a controversial fighter. But 
to go out the way he has. And I think he had a couple of incidents in the space of a couple of weeks. If he can go, kind of play the bad guy if you want, but don't live the gimmick away from the ring. That that's that's fine. Do it do it in the build up to a fight. Antagonize your opponent, stuff like that. But don't let it be your life. Don't let it try antagonize people. Like he, he pissed off the whole whole city of Liverpool. It's not what you need to be doing. Yeah. You want people to tune into your fights to watch you fight. A lot of people will be tuning in to see O'Hara Davis lose. Yeah. That can be good because he can prove them wrong. But you don't need to build up that kind of animosity he's had towards him. He's apologised. He should be able to get on with his career. But yeah, I think you're right. Should take a leaf out of um, Chris Eubank's book and see what he's done. Try model himself on. Chris Eubank is in one of those fights that everyone wants to see. A few years ago, you go, George Groves, Chris Eubank, Groves schooled him. Yeah. That's the way you would have said it because Billy Joe Saunders did. I think we're only seeing the best of Billy Joe Saunders now. But you look at the fighter that best Eubank was Billy Joe Saunders. Only one defeat. But his brashness, he kind of dropped it. He still snarls and he still has that kind of, that holds himself up like his dad. But he's backing it up. Yeah. And that's what you want to see. O'Hara Davis, if he backs it up, talk about flashing the cash, all that kind of stuff, because you backed it up. But don't offend people like as much as you were. And I think if Frank Warren can get the right people in his ear, um, get in the right fights, and let him just build up, kind of calm it down, um, I think you'll, you might see O'Hara Davis really reach his potential. You, you don't want him to be one of them that kind of couldn't stop living the gimmick and kind of falls the way to yeah, no, I agree, and I, 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 that is what I would like to see out of O'Hara Davis. I really would, and I, I hope that this new direction, uh, this complete change of promotion, um, wh- who who is going to be fighting under where he's going to be fighting, um, and and the sort of audience he's going to be getting. I hope this is what really turns it around for him now, and I hope you know in a few months' time when we discuss O'Hara Davis again, we're discussing him in a more positive light in terms of. You know, we can sort of say, yeah, he's really bounced back from that, and he's really put on a great performance against X, Y, or Z, and that's what I'd like to see out of him. But it's down to him to do that now, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But yeah, it's a great, it's a great, obviously, subject to bring up uh, on the podcast. Um, but that sort of about wraps it up, I think, for today and this week. It's been great to discuss everything. It's been a great insight to, to obviously the weekend's fight's just gone and, and, and all the announcements this week and what's going on this weekend. It's um, It's been really enjoyable to, to get somebody on and, and, and act as a co-host and um, I, I'm, I'm glad you've uh, stepped up to the plate and come on. How have you found it? Have you enjoyed it? Not really enjoyed it. I think sitting down on a, on a, on a Wednesday evening and having a having an over an hour long chat uh, about boxing, and um, yeah, I could get used to this. <laughs> no, well, it's been great, and, and obviously for people that um, already know of you because you've wrote a few articles before uh, on on various well known boxing media outlet websites. Uh, where can they find you on Twitter? Yeah, they can find me at fourteen call. So that's at fourteen, and it's a capital C. And you find me, um, you'll find me on you'll find me on Twitter. That's where you'll catch me. Uh, and I have a, have a few pieces coming out at the moment that I have. One coming up for your site, Sean, with uh, with Dave Allen, which I'm really excited to get on the site. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, I really am. I'm looking forward to, uh, to to getting on. And, and I think the plan for the future for uh, Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast is for us to um, to to get. You know, we, I'm going to get around. And I'm going to see if we can get some more some more interviews or some more phone conversations with some of the fighters uh, and we'll get them on the podcast and we'll get a few of them interviews here so we can have that conversation between ourselves on the podcast about uh, in particular fighters and you know in the coming weeks um for for anybody obviously who's listening to this podcast
podcast. Uh, if you don't already follow us, uh, Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast is on Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod. Uh, it is also on Facebook. There is a Facebook page, Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. Um, for the people that are long-time listeners, now it's 19 episodes in, you already know that the main media platform is Eat, Sleep, Boxing, Repeat across social media uh, and YouTube. So if you've not already got yourself on any of them pages, please go and get yourself on them. Um, again, it's been a great episode. It's been uh, really good to sort of get an insight from yourself. And uh, I'm, look, I'm really looking forward to, to next week's episode and, and reviewing the, the fights that we've previewed this week. And, and, and hopefully we get some fantastic announcements coming up in the next week. It's going to be a, a really good time uh, for boxing. And I'm sure we'll get some great announcements. Um, and everybody, if you, if you again, if you're listening, give us a share. Give us a review. Uh, we're at, we are on SoundCloud. We are on iTunes. We're on Stitcher, Player FM, various different little outlets where you can listen to us on. Uh, and just please, please, please get reviewing because that's how it helps us uh, to get ourselves up them rankings and get more well-known to the wider public. Uh, and for everybody that's listening, thank you very much. Um, and thank you, Carl, for, for coming on and, and being a regular co-host for the show. I hope you've enjoyed it. No, really enjoyed it, Sean. As I said, sitting there on a Wednesday even having a chat with someone who, as knowledgeable as yourself in boxing is, uh, is something that I can get used to and something that I'm really looking forward to uh, taking part in now on a weekly basis. Uh, it's exciting times, I think. Brilliant. Uh, and I've just not, <laughs> the last thing I've not mentioned is uh, for anybody that's still listening at this point of the podcast, if you want to follow myself, I am on Twitter. Uh, it's sh- at Sean Basso, E S B R. Uh, and obviously you can follow BTR Boxing Pod. Uh, and thanks, everybody. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.